Hello and welcome to WMQ&A, the official podcast of the WMQ Comics website. I'm your host, Dan Grote. This week, we're talking about Marvel's fresh start. The announcement last week that the publisher would once again be shuffling around a number of its creative teams and relaunching its titles. Joining me to talk about it is Greg Mester, a comics retailer, to offer his take on the past six years of relaunches since Marvel Now in 2012. I'd love to hear what you guys think about what we talk about in this episode. Please be sure to post a comment either on the podcast page or at the WMQ Comics Facebook and Twitter pages. Now here's me and Greg. Joining me to talk about Marvel's fresh start is my dealer, the friendly face who sells me my comics every Wednesday from Level Up Entertainment in Mays Landing, New Jersey, Greg Mester. Thanks for uh, letting me rope you into this, Greg. Oh, no, I love talking about comics. It's one of my favorite things. That's why I uh, do what I do. <laughs> uh, now, your store's been in business for a little more than a decade now, and for more than half of that, Marvel's been relaunching its books on a near-annual basis, and now five months, five months uh, after the last big campaign, Legacy, Marvel this week announced a fresh start. Uh, every time I say the words fresh start, it's going to sound like I'm using scare quotes. Because yeah, it's, I am. It's uh, and bad. What, yeah. <laughs> and what it says is its biggest creator reshuffle since Marvel Now in 2012. Uh, so far, the biggest change that we've heard announced is Jason Aaron's taking over Adventure, uh, Avengers with Ed McGuinness, which I actually think is a really good move. I wasn't really a fan of Mark Wade's uh, run. But I wanted to bring you on, Greg, because I wanted the retailer's perspective on the mighty Marvel method of relaunching this frequently. Yeah, it's it's uh, it can be a headache. Um, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's always I don't say surprise, but I always wonder what their thinking is, and it always every year we talk about this with me and my staff and the other owner, and we just we don't know um, why they're doing it. Well, we know partially why, but it's not always um, as we'll get to. It's always not always better numbers than they were the year before mm -hmm. and yeah that, i mean the numbers you know let, let's let's talk about the numbers here uh i looked up how marvel's uh top 10 selling books did each year since 2012 uh you know when marvel first went relaunch crazy so uh in 2012 the top, marvel's best 10 best books sold 2.1 million copies uh uncanny avengers number one was the uh number two book of the year uh, after an issue of The Walking Dead, and most of their top Marvel's top ten was Avengers versus X Men issues. That was crazy when I looked it up too. It's like it was like you just said. It was mm -hmm. Uncanny Avengers, and the rest was AVX. Yeah. Um, Twenty thirteen, top ten Marvel's top ten sold one point seven million copies. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one. Uh, I think that was the beginning of the Bendis era. Mm -hmm. Was uh, the number four book of that year. Uh, again, after The Walking Dead, Justice League of America, and Superman Unchained. 2014, Marvel's top 10 sold 2.2 million, so we're back up now. Uh, number one book, Amazing Spider-Man number one. Uh, 2015, uh, or 2014, that Spider-Man was when Peter Parker was finally back after the whole Superior Spider-Man era. Which was a great era of Superior Spider-Man. I love that run. That was one of my favorite Spider-Mans in a really long time. It yeah. Well done. No, it's definitely, definitely a, a good take. Uh, 2015, Marvel's top 10 sold 3.94 million copies. So that's that's the best year here on the list. Uh, number one book was Star Wars uh, when they got uh, number one when they finally got the when they got the license back from Dark uh, Dark Horse. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, pre Force Awakens, <laughs> that book was included in loot crate boxes, which is why the number is so high. Uh, 2016, top 10 books sold 2.2. Two, uh, six million copies. That, that's Marvel's top ten. So we're back down from 2015. 
Uh, number one book for Marvel was Civil War II, but number two book of the year. Oddly enough, behind a Boom Studios' Big Trouble in Little China Escape from New York comic that was, again, included in Loot Crates, hence the sort of inflation. Uh, and then we get to last year. 1.65 million for Marvel's top 10. The number one uh, was Legacy, Marvel Legacy, which uh, in pre-orders, again, that's not sales in comic shops, but sales to them, uh, over 300,000 copies. So it's gone up and down, but based on the timeline that I that I was working off of, last year was Marvel's worst year. But you actually looked up 2011 as, as a control. Yeah, basically 2011, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, just kind of when Dan gave me the outline for this and... um. I just want to look it up and just curious, like, why did Marvel relaunch? And apparently, uh, they were doing pretty poorly. Uh, according to uh, Comicron, uh, the top 10 Marvel books only sold 1.25 million in 2011. And that's, that's almost nothing. Yeah, and that was, that was the Fear Itself year. Yeah. If I recall, which wasn't a great. No. Yeah. Marvel was in trouble then. Yeah. <laughs> um,. So it's kind of it's kind of been all over the place. And actually, funny enough, <clears throat> after I made in my notes that uh, the top selling <clears throat> Marvel book in 2011 was Fantastic Four 587, which was, I believe was the death of Johnny Storm. Oh wow! <clears throat> wow. Okay. And like, and you haven't seen Fantastic Four since, really? No. <laughs> so that's kind of that's kind of interesting seeing like their best selling. Well, book. what the Terrifics? We're getting the Terrifics. That's gonna be awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> for it. I just wish all these books wouldn't get delayed. They the yeah. Terrifics look really amazing. As a great creative team, not to get off track. No, that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, I'm excited for that. It, it's it's Fantastic Four, just DC style. It sounds yeah. like so, and it has really good creative team. It's Jeff Lemire, uh, Rob uh, Ivan Reese, Ivan Reese, yeah, and then Doc Shane are doing covers. Which that's right, yeah, yeah. he's good. <laughs> um, but what? Why? Why do you? Do you? I mean, to the best of your knowledge, why? Why do you think that it's been sort of fluctuating like this the last few years? A part of it, I believe, is <clears throat> the number ones that they do put out. Um, some we, some years have stronger number ones. Some years are actually just more event books that happen. Like, uh, like you said, in 2012, it was um, AVX was most of their top ten books. Mm-hmm. Um, the one year was Civil War. Um, even though it went down from Star Wars, but Star Wars was that huge year because when you said Loot Crate, uh, I believe that was also Darth Vader was in that one. Mm-hmm. It was a huge year for Marvel just because of Star Wars made that happen. That was almost... I think almost two million total, one point five to two million. It was a ridiculous number, yeah. So that's a big chunk. So, um, so the numbers can be middle, little misleading, um, but I think that's the biggest thing. It just depends on really depends on what number ones and what was launched. Because every year it felt like there was like an Avengers relaunch, then an X Men, then maybe it was like a generic reboot. So it really depended on which which uh, number ones got uh, uh, rebooted, which books got rebooted. In my opinion, mm-hmm. okay. Um, from your perspective behind the counter, do these relaunches actually drive sales? Um, in the short run, yes. Um, <clears throat> not just speculation, um, but we do see some new re- new uh, interest, reinterest in some books. Because um, Marvel does get the, the, the word out pretty well with like their major events. Like, There's already been a lot of stuff on uh, Entertainment Weekly and a lot of like mainstream news sites. Um, Talking about their fresh start or whatever you want, call, whatever you want to call it this time around. I wonder if they're actually sticking with that as a name, or if they're going to come up with an actual like uppercase letter <laughs> campaign. From from what I was reading, that's just something they used, which I think was a poor thing to release. Also, um, it 
sounds like, like you said, just, it just there's something about that doesn't sound right about it. It's like, the, and also with that fresh start, it sounds like they want to, they, they sound like they want to make things better, but I'm not 100% sure they understand what will make things better. I'll get into that, assuming we get into that a little bit later. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I, I think issue ones always do well, and that's why Marvel um, does them. It's always diminishing returns. Um, uh, f- for example, um, I just uh, going through some, looking at some numbers, and um, where was I in twenty seventeen? Yeah, uh, with Peter, with both Peter Parker, Spectacular Spider-Man, Next Man Goal were launched respectively this year, mm-hmm. this past year, or last year, should I say? Uh, Peter Parker number one uh, sold two hundred thirty-three thousand plus copies, and Next Man Gold sold respectively one twenty-five hundred twenty-five thousand copies. About a year later, a year into it, <clears throat> actually first Peter Parker only six months, it already dropped to forty thousand plus copies, and that's a loss of eighty-two percent of the readership, or how many mm-hmm. copies get to the stores. And X Men Gold by issue eighteen, which is about a year for them because it was yeah, double, double shipping, shipping. Uh, went down to thirty-six thousand six hundred, which is a seventy percent loss. So in the short term, it does work. It's just after issue three, that re- there's there's a, there's a disconnect I think between readership and people who come back to keep reading and I don't know if because uh, people don't understand how to honestly how to read comics but it's a monthly thing or just people just get sucked into the hype or it's more speculation which is always a thing too nowadays which are, feels like with Marvel with their variants uh, their gated variants they, they artificially inflate numbers for the retailers who can afford them to make some money off of those those books but how many can is, is not, the question not a lot I mean in my from what I can tell uh, it's Midtown Comics Mile mm-hmm. High Comics uh, that one website that does discount discount comic book something or other I forget exactly what it's called. It's probably, probably Graham Crackers Day, like nine shops. But for the most part, most stores can't afford to buy one thousand copies of a book or five hundred copies of a book. It's um, for me even like for my store, uh, twenty five copies sometimes is is a stretch. Um, going back to Legacy, we, we did okay with Legacy. Um, 25 copies is what you currently have. Currently have. We currently sell 25 copies. Um, we had 131. Um, so it, it did okay. And then we did drop the price to 399 a little bit, a little further into it. So there's, you know, we did sell some on, on the discount. Uh, but Marvel did one really cool thing with that. And Mar- this is, Marvel needs to do more of this. Um, they gave retailers a huge discount on their books. Uh, we had to buy, I forgot the percentage, but we had to buy so many over some other book. And that's what they usually do. Um, to get this huge discount on it, and I was like, it was a no-brainer because I like get these books for I think it was like a buck fifty a piece. You know, I can make my money back in thirty copies, so it's a no-brainer getting one hundred thirty-one copies. But Marvel unfortunately doesn't do that. Um, they really put the onus on the retailers of selling their their items and to give us very little recourse into um, returnability or any kind of thing. And that's another reason why I think numbers go down every year mm-hmm. because they give us. As a retailer and other retailers I've, I've spoken to and on the message boards and stuff, uh, they've lost faith in Marvel. Uh, they don't want to take the big risk on Marvel because they've been burned. You know, the first couple years are good, and then you just got with Legacy the year before, and whatever the year was called before that, all new, all different Avengers, whatever <laughs> that name was. Um, yeah. It's diminishing returns, unfortunately. I, I think the one for that was Marvel Now 2.0, where they just went back to Marvel Now. Yeah. It was whatever the post Secret Wars. That's right, yeah. No, because no, re- there was another one after Civil War 2, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't remember. Jesus. I know there was. Jesus. There's Avengers Now, <laughs> Marvel Now, yeah. it's Marvel Now 2.0, all new, all different, in no specific order, and I'm missing a couple of them there. But yeah, yeah. They, the branding is tough. Like they it's, just... it's the same word cloud of, yeah. of now and different and all and new. <laughs> and unfortunately, it, 
it's it's not always that it's not always true. Unfortunately, you get that yeah. little bit. I mean, you had you know Riri Williams this past relaunch or two grand launches ago. You had you know um, Jane Foster take over as as Thor. Uh, sorry, spoilers. I guess you haven't read it yet, but hopefully you have. It's a fantastic book. Spoilers dating to two thousand fourteen. Yeah, but you know <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, by, by the way, she's done, pretty much done being Thor. Yeah, in a couple yeah. Months. <laughs> yeah. It's a great, been a great story. Um, yeah. it's one of my favorites. But um, it's. They always tell an all new status quo, and it's. I don't know if it's burn. I, I know it's retail. I've, I've been burned out a little bit just personally because I read the comics a lot, so I still don't sell them. You know, I like reading them, and I've been burned out personally. Just you get into a groove with a, with a creative team or a storyline, and then they decide to shake up everything with one of their huge events that are that always sell fantastic, as you know we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that shakes everything up, and it there's there's not enough consistency, I think, with Marvel, and where I think where DC has done really well. Since rebirth is, they've been consistent. Two years into it, they've had they had a two-year plan. Um, they're here, you know, Doomsday Clock is supposed to be a big blow-off for this two-year plan. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave a lot of their books plenty of time to settle. They've just started canceling some books, and that's after you know a year and a half to two years. Um, the numbers weren't all that great, unfortunately, but they gave these books chance a chance to breathe and live and maybe catch on. And um, Marvel doesn't do that. They see the numbers collapsing real fast. And they just panic and go to number ones or events, and that's where their bread and butter is. That's where they make money. I understand their business, and but that's where they make their money at. But it's a lot of burnout and fatigue, I think. It's a lot of canceling sides. books after six issues, twelve issues. You know, whatever you get you to the next trade. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's kind of unfortunate how they write nowadays. It's they write for that trade, which is good in the back end. But the problem with that is, I don't believe Marvel trades sell that well. Um, there's exceptions like Miss Marvel is fantastic in comic shops and outside of comic shops. Their event books always do well. But volume ones, volume twos of X Men Gold or Spider Man, they don't do all that well. They do okay the, the first, you know, the first time they're out, but then there's not much reader activity on them. I think it's because those books are targeted towards the Wednesday Warriors. They're the ones who come in week after week. They're the sort of old faithful titles that will always be there. You know, I think with Ms. Marvel and with, uh, let's say, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur yeah. and Squirrel Girl, you know, that. That demographic of the readership is used to getting books through, you know, through bookstores. They're used to kind of reading in the in the digest in the graphic novel format. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll still get your your Wednesday crowd, but I, you know, you also get the trade waiters there. Whereas, you know, no, I'm not going to buy Spectacular Spider-Man in trade because I've been buying every issue since it came out. By the way, you should be reading Spectacular Spider-Man. <laughs> it's good. Uh, <laughs> I love me some Chip Zdarsky. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for his possibly, maybe, possibly Fantastic Four book. So we'll see what happens with that. <laughs> he uh, he put out an announcement. On, well, he just tweeted on t- <laughs> on Tuesday. Yeah, the new books I'm taking over are none. I'm still writing Marvel two and one. <laughs> and I was really actually kind of hoping. Well, I don't know. Dan Slott's got like a, a few more uh, issues to go, but maybe they bump him up. Zdarsky up to amazing. That'd be nice. I know they haven't they haven't announced that yet. No, that's that's going to be a big deal. Yeah. when they do, and, and that's the thing. This fresh start is not taking place all at once it's going to be a slow roll rollout probably over the summer i don't know if you looked at marvel's may solicits today. i did i was about to say that it's underwhelming they talked about the three books they've talked about where 
Lisa Black Panther, which is the same same writer, writer. The same good writer who should stay on the book, and Daniel that. Acuna, who's a decent artist. Yeah, um, he did the one of the Captain Americas. Yeah, um, and then we uh, Avengers, which mm-hmm. is now Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis, like you said, which is a good team, and apparently it's going to tie into some of the stuff that was going on in Legacy. Yeah, yeah. and the. Th- there, oh my goodness! It was Venom. Don, Venom Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman, and that should be good because Donny Cates. Venom. Yeah, it's Venom and Donny. Donny Cates, Cates has been doing very well. The hot name, yeah, the hot yeah. name right now. He's doing like all these books. Like his run on Doctor Strange has been very good. Uh, and then uh, Thanos. Everybody's it, talking about Thanos. Thanos. Is, Thanos is great. I'm a little upset that he's Thanos is in, uh, not in new solicits yet, but we'll see what happens with that. But um, uh, Thanos has been great. Like for a, a character who is. Usually, the, a big villain, and there's no really mid ground on him. They make a very compelling book about a villain and his tribula- trials and tribulations, I guess. And it's it's very interesting. And again, another highly recommended book that's outside like the regular superhero norm. Um, but yeah, so I'm a, I'm a little I'm a little upset by that because it, it feels like they get the hype up, and then it's like it's a slow burn, and yeah. then things roll into each other because then things get delayed for whatever reason. Like count if if any countdown gets delayed or whatever. And unfortunately, that's what does happen in comics, but it's, um, it can be frustrating when it's a slow rollout and things happen are happening yeah. in that kind of pace when, as a retailer, yeah, I appreciate having new number ones, but for me, clearly, it's like, we, they want to have number one, so their month monthly yeah. numbers look nicer than they actually are. You want to see the whole plan so you can have confidence in it and you can talk it up to your customers. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly what you're talking about. about with uh, DC, they had this plan. I've been, for the most part, most of the books are... Separate, but there are some hits, hits here or there, especially in well, hints. Flash has always been about like flat, uh, the Doomsday Clock, you know, with Superman starting to get into it, and mm-hmm. they've had this this plan, and they're rolling out their second wave with um, uh, New Age of Heroes, yeah, um, <clears throat> and they're and they're spinning up that Justice League No No Surrender, but and, but it feels like they have a plan, they're sticking to it, and they're uh, gonna live or die by it. And I feel like yeah. they they after the debacle of uh, New Fifty Two after the first year. They finally you know, said a couple years ago, we made a mistake, we're sorry, we're listening. And I feel like they listened and they're, they made a lot of changes these two years. Not always have been great, but they've been steady and I can count on DC to, in my store to, to, to be sold and to sell. And uh, there we used to be a Marvel store, now we're pretty close 50-50 cut. So it's, um, DC's made a lot of inroads with my customer base. I, don't, I can't speak for other stores, but there's a lot more faith in DC right now where Marvel is just like... It's always like eggshells the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, myself personally, I became a DC reader like just last year, really, between Mr. Miracle Fantastic. and Metal. Uh, you know, I'm going to be picking up the Terrifics next week. Uh, I started reading Doomsday Clock. It's probably the weakest of all the titles I've just listed. Yeah. You know, it's a one doesn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, no, they've done a lot to sort of get my attention. You know, which isn't to say, you know, I'm probably still reading as much Marvel stuff as I, as I ever was. Same here, same here. Yeah. I just feel like I'm doing a lot more chin-stroking about their decisions, though. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. It's um, It's been a conversation for the past couple of years, and uh, their their creative teams are top-notch, whether you like them or not. You know, they have a lot of good creative teams on there, with good artists, with good writers, um, whether you... Like for me, like I didn't like really like Secret Empire, or I didn't like the Hydra Cap character, but uh, it, that wasn't for me. But I know it was the writing was supposedly good, um, and a lot of people did like it. Um, same with uh, with with Thor, like love or hate, 
Jane Foster's store, it was a it was well it was well written. Yeah. And you could you could be opposed to having a female for you could be opposed of you know, like it's an Aaron, so be it, and that's fine. Um, but I think it was a well crafted story and his been he's it's been building since he came on Thor what a twenty twelve. So I'm really glad he's getting Avengers because clearly he's he's the next guy like up the up the bat. He's gonna do like a big event for Marvel, I think. Yeah, I think Jason Aaron's gonna do a nice job. And I also think you know, they talked about this being the biggest creator reshuffle. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of question marks right now. Who is going to take over Thor? Now in the May Solicits, there's no mighty Thor, but there is a Thor miniseries that apparently involves Jane going to Valhalla. Yeah. Yeah. Um so that. that's apparently gonna fill the get you know, fill the gap for a few months, but Jason Aaron is writing that. So we're waiting on a new Thor creative team, which is gonna be big news. We're gonna wait we're waiting on a new amazing Spider Man. You know, writer Dan Slott was on that book for a decade. It's crazy. Uh, we're waiting <laughs> on a new Iron Man writer because Bendis's last issues of, of Invincible Iron Man and uh, Spider Man, the Miles Morales Spider Man, uh, are out in May. We're waiting yeah. on a new Deadpool writer, Jerry Duggan. Again, been there since twenty twelve. Except that new miniseries is, is a stopgap. I think right there's like a Deadpool year next. I forget exactly what it's called. There's like a five issue miniseries of Deadpool. Yeah, we're waiting on that. What else? Pro- m- m- most likely. I would. My best guess probably a, a reshuffling of X Men, a little bit. I think yeah, it, it couldn't hurt. Uh, you know, we're back. We're back to where the way it used to be, where there are too many. <laughs> where it feels like there's too many X books, which is a complaint I kind of miss having. And it's funny because like, I love. I think X Men Red is a really cool idea, but there's only really two characters on that team that are like really known. I guess three characters. There's Jean, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, and Namor, right? What about Laura Kinney? Oh yeah, Laura. I forgot she's in that with with what's what's her clothes name? Honey Badger. Yeah, Honey Badger. <laughs> That's what I heard. I heard too that that um I saw that Wolverine wasn't on the solicits. All new Wolverine. I mean, no, no, it was there. It was actually. okay. Yeah, it was issue thirty five. It didn't say final issue or anything, but it, like it was one of those sort of vague like it all comes down to this. And okay. now I'm looking at Tom Taylor's Twitter feed to see if he's like, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, that book's gonna be ending. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's he's a busy man. He just took on Red. He's I think he's writing one of the Wolf, Hunt for Wolverine miniseries. Yeah. Why are there four of them, guys? Why are there four Hunt for Wolverine miniseries? I'm only reading Mystery Madripoor. <laughs> they they need another weekly book to to. To mess up uh, retailers. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of those weekly books uh, right now. That's like <coughs> a new thing. Even IDW is doing it. They've got a Star Trek miniseries coming out weekly. In and it's funny because I love that mirror broken story. But it was monthly before. Now it's weekly. Yeah. Um, but what, what, what that is, is pretty much a way for uh, companies, in my opinion, mm-hmm. to not... Long story short, as a retailer, I have some time to make changes to what I order. Yeah. Unfortunately, with a weekly book, I don't have any time to make changes. So it's yeah. basically me guessing how many issues of whatever book I need for for those five weeks. I might have a chance to mess up, you know, change with issue four or five possibly. Mm-hmm. But for me, that reeks of and, and DC did it in the past too, so they're not blameless in this too. But that reeks of we need to make money and just keep it kind of like a steady, steady income with, with those with those books. Yeah. Um. Like for like for instance, for like uh, you, No Friends is doing pretty well for me. Yeah. Um. It's a weekly book, but honestly, for the most part, you know, I'm selling about 35. I, 50, I get 50 copies of issue one. Okay. Sold out most of those. Been getting about 35 ever since. I sell more or less all of those, not, but I'm not um, selling through them. But I, I figure 35 is enough. But then by the time I hit, hit a number where it's like I'm more comfortable having a number in my store without losing money, it's the series is over. Um, and unfortunately, that's, you know, part of the, the tough part of figuring out what to get. And that's, you know, I mm-hmm. think a, a really 
lousy sales tactics from different companies. Now, some companies do returnability. Like, I, at one point, I know IDW with their Turtles Dimension X book, even though it was a weekly series, it was returnable. Mm-hmm. If you had to buy, I think, 10 copies and you could return them. So that's great. And this, the Star Wars one might be, or Star Trek might be the same way. I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but having, not able to be able to change those numbers is really hard. Yeah. Um, now, what about new customers? When, I mean, a lot of Marvel's marketing is in-house. Like, if you look at their books, they've got those, you know, kind of splashy, you know, here's five books that are coming out this month that you can read. You know, house ads where, uh, you know, ads for corn nuts and fruit roll-ups <laughs> used to be. Yeah. But, you know, is is this driving new customers into this store? Or is it a lot of Wednesday Warriors, you know, like, oh, I'll check this out. Yeah, it's. I think it's more of a Wednesday Warrior thing. Um, there have been, <clears throat> like I said, there have been some retention with... Um, the number ones, going back to number ones, they do drive people in the store, whether they're resellers or not. Mm-hmm. You know, some people do it. And, and people who, who are Wednesday Warriors talk to their friends about it and, mm-hmm. you know, blog or whatever. And uh, that does help drive some business. Um, the problem with the comic industry, it's it's really, it's an old way of getting product to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also, it, it's not a easy way to to, to know because it's not, it's not the same a lot of our stuff, like uh, comics, come out every Wednesday, but it's not the same book every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So some books are monthly, but it might be more like six weeks apart. It might be three weeks apart. Uh, whereas like <clears throat> video games and whatever else, it's only the one medium. The, it's the one game. You come out on a Thursday, you buy it. Where the where the the floppies aren't that way, and it's sometimes you know it's hard to it's hard to get people to understand. And I understand it's not easy to explain. Yeah. Um, when books come out, oh, they come out once a month. Well, it took me about a month to be here. Well. Be here next day. I'm really sorry, and with yeah. and, and unfortunately, comics are known for delays. They yeah. always delay a week or two for whatever reason, scheduling or, or whatever else. And it's a very tough medium to get into, especially um, you know some people are taken aback by um, the, the large numbers, which is you know kind of go back to legacy. I think that was more that was a lot of I think catering to the vocal, uh, I won't say minority, but the vocal. Um, Wednesday Warriors. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're, I'm tired of these relaunches. I'm tired of, I want my numbers. I love that sequential, which is, you know, cool. Like, I love that too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's confusing when, hey, you could, st- hey, Joe, start with, here's Daredevil 383. Okay, watch that Bible. It's the beginning of a new story here. I'll help you out. All you need to know is, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's the beginning of the story. Don't worry about anything else. Good thing about Marvel, they have that little, if you didn't know, they have a little um, blurb in the front saying what has come before. So Marvel's good like that, at least that part of it. Uh, but it's still, a lot of people are hesitant to be like, I don't want to buy issue 383 or issue 17 or whatever the issue may be. Um, so that kind of scares people away too once once they get to that, that point. But I think it's about retention. Just and People want people hear about the big thing and they want to buy it to resell it. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, a huge problem. Is resale value still a thing? You know, like I started reading right when the speculator bubble burst. <laughs> it's kind of like how I came into grunge after Kurt Cobain killed uh, himself. Same year I got you into know, I'm, I'm always late to the late to the 91, trends. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when I go to, sh- you know, when I go to shows, I see a lot of dollar bins. I see, you know, higher priced older books, but I'm not seeing stuff from like, you know, last year, two years ago. Be- like, I remember being, I remember seeing Wolverine 75. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fatal Attraction story. Yeah. I remember that going for like double digits, you know, a year, two years after the issue came out. Like, I'm not seeing a lot of 
more recent books selling for those numbers. No, you're right. Um, it's more of a, it's a short speculator market. So uh, a lot, recently, actually, um, both Marvel and DC pretty much print to order, more or less. I mean, you, you see a little bit of um, mm-hmm. extra like we can get for um, restocks, but for more or less, Marvel prints to order. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that short term, um, I'll say the first month or two, you can, you know, you buy a book for $5, you could probably make 20 30 bucks on it, depending on which book it is. Uh, just for instance, um, with uh, Spider-Man, a big something happened. I don't want to spoil it just in case you know somebody's reading it now have not read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the past two issues have sold out because of the speculator market, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're you know whether that goes up in price or not. The one issue probably will a little bit, um, but you, it's one of those things where you you can't. What what caused the collapse of the market in the '90s or '80s was people you know especially that's how they felt they thought they would buy them and keep them for 20, 30 years, and they'll make hundreds of thousands of dollars on these books they've sold. These were so overprinted that they're worth five dollars, four dollars, three dollars, and um, so there's not much of that. The long term, the short term, you can make you can turn a profit pretty quickly. If you buy you know four or five copies of a book, you might be able to make you know you spend twenty five, you make a hundred or one hundred twenty five back. So there's that, that short term market, I think. So it's more like a house flipping type thing. Exactly, that's a really good analogy. For that. It's definitely like a house flipping <laughs> type thing. If I had sold my Mister Miracle number one within like the first month before the first reprint came out, because I think it's been reprinted like three or four yeah, times now, no. not even counting the director's cut. That yeah, came out I think you're right. <laughs> but you're right about that. And the problem with that is, is that <clears throat> that's not bringing new people, and that's having a speculator buy them to try to flip to somebody who actually wants to read it to collect it, not to resell it. Because mm-hmm. most people want to have these now are the ones who are completionists, Wednesday Warriors, who want that first printing. And that doesn't really bring in new people. And again, that's, that's a huge problem. Now we're sold out of books that somebody might want to walk in and buy because they've heard about it, but I can't sell it to them because I'm out of stock because either I didn't order enough because of whatever reason or inspectors came in and, and picked them all up. And that's, you know, it's a, it's a tough, tough line to balance. And some people do it well, like some retailers do it well, some people worse. You know, I think I'm in the middle sometimes depending on... Like I, I, you know, I dropped the ball on the Spider-Man issue. Um, I should have known about it, but I dropped the ball on that. But there have been books, like the, the return of the Hulk in, in uh, No Surrender. You know, I made sure I, that was easy to tell because, you know, hey, he's coming back. It's been solicited for months now that he's coming back. So I overrode on that thinking it's the Hulk. He's going to sell. So it's, it's, a, it's a fine line sometimes. Well, I mean, you said it yourself. It was an issue uh, 795, 796, yes. the Spider-Man thing. You yep. know, it wasn't a number one, so. Yeah. You know, exactly, it was a beginning it, it, of story, but, yeah. but people don't, people walk in who might not want to ask a question because they feel embarrassed by it, because there's still a lot of that. You wouldn't believe how many people come to the store and still go, I know it's probably a stupid question for you. I'm like, ah, oh, enough of the time, that's a stupid question. I'm here to help you out. Like, I want you to enjoy this medium. And some people are just afraid to ask because they feel they're being stupid or silly or whatever else. And that's just thing that has gone away a little bit, but there's still some shops that are better than others. And that's, not, you know, again, another problem. Like, you know, there are some shops that are not nice to people still. <laughs> The comics industry, I think, to the outside observer, is a little on the Byzantine side. And I think it all goes back to the fact that all, you know, all the power is concentrated with one distributor. Mm-hmm. And, and it breeds an insularity. And I think some shops, uh, you know, kind of mirror that. Yeah. And others do not. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, it's, and it's silly. Uh, I'm not going to call anybody out because I'm not going to do that. But I've heard you know, shops, when Rebirth happened, they were like, I'm never buying, like, we should boycott DC. They, but I'm like, wow, you're a firm, remember all, you're, you're a retailer, so you don't want to cut yourself off half your, 
your market. That's a third of your market. Yeah. yeah, maybe more, depending. Yeah. And two, you're supposed to selling just because you don't like something doesn't mean you can't sell that to somebody else who might like Batman or Superman or whoever. It doesn't matter. Like part of part of it is like talking to people, understanding what they like, getting people into thinking about things that they trying to figure out what they like and re- give them something that will be similar to maybe a Superman or Batman character or whatever else. And it's about like talking about comics and having fun. I mean, that's it's a, it's one of the only mediums right now where you can go into, hang out, talk about comics or the or you know nerd culture or whatever else. You know, you could do that in a movie, but then the movie comes on, you don't talk. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, and if you're at an Alamo draft post, apparently you might get sexually harassed. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's one of the, you know, that's the one thing about like comic shops and even board game stores. Like y- you have that community where you, where you should be able to feel safe and be able to talk and just have fun about the medium you love. And you know, listening to your first podcast, you know, there you're when you're talking about the those people who are on the edge. It's like, why don't you want to share this love with everybody else? And doesn't like you said, it brings in celerity because of the one distributor and the ways. Honestly, now. You pretty much have to go to a comic shop to buy a comic. You just can't go to like a like a Seven Eleven or a Walmart, Target. Target. Yeah, I mean, I see comics at Toys R Us, but like they're usually months old. Yeah. Um. So I think they need to branch out and kind of. I know we've talked about, going back to what your question was about the in-house ads. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, they did. This is a conversation almost every year. Again, we have I have conversation with Sean, my partner, and the rest of the store, and just people. They need to advertise outside the Wednesday Awards, outside themselves. Um. It's not. It's not that hard to make a motion comic, thirty second bump in front of movies, or a thirty second bump bump on Twitch or YouTube, or heck, have a commercial for thirty seconds. I know it's cost cost some money, but um, I mean, I know DC is actually putting their New Age of Heroes, or they have, or they're going to. They did a. There's two thirty second commercials. They're actually putting on like Sci-Fi, Twitch, uh, the nerd stations, I guess you call it too. Um, <laughs> But showing, hey, here's comics, here's a, new, here's a new thing, read it. <laughs> now, I know TV's a little outdated for, you know, people younger, but again, Twitch, YouTube. Um, a 50-second, a 15-second pre-roll on YouTube videos. Exactly. You just don't skip it. I mean, it's yeah. not that hard to do, and there's, and that's where they're lagging behind. They really have only ever cared to themselves, or to, to, to the, their customer. They've never gone outside that box. <coughs> Excuse me. A couple of years ago, um, when, fa- when I actually Fables... I think it was like five years ago or six years. I forget exactly when it was. But the UK had a Fables ad. Never came out over here. It doesn't make any sense. Why Why not? I mean, maybe because the market was too expensive here. But they've, they've done this in the past. So I think they really need to advertise outside themselves. They need to advertise to the mom or the the kid watching Disney XD or whatever. Yeah. Hey, mom, I want to read a comic. Superman, Batman, whomever. It doesn't matter. And, and, and that's the thing. Like... You can't treat the TV shows and the movies as the commercials because, you know, I, I think 15 years, uh, you know, of, of free comic book days down the road from, you know, the first Spider-Man, the whole idea of, you know, the movies and the TV shows driving the traffic into the comic book stores is, is you know, is, is kind of a myth. It if is. anything, it is the comic book companies are IP farms for the movies and the TV shows. No, you're right. I, I mean, in my <clears throat> my sort of specific case, um, the only time we've seen a huge bump was the first Iron Man movie because it was something new. Yeah. The mission returns after that. You know, we bought product for like half and, and just we were overstocked. And not that I don't say nobody cared, but it definitely didn't move. Like the first first Iron Man, we flew out of everything. It was amazing. 
And I've seen a lot of bump on Black Panther. Um, not a huge bump as like did with like Iron Man, but I have seen a bump in interest in Black the Black Panther merchandise and That's good. and the characters in the comics. Um, but you're right; it's not. It's they're separate entities, and they're separate. There's a really, and this is some I I don't. I'm smarter than me might not even know, but there's a disconnect between the movies, TV, and the comics. People watch the movies. Not necessarily read the comics because they are, they get their fill on the on the on the movie. Yeah, they get their story. So with the cartoon, you know, you watch it every week, you get your fill. You don't have to go read a comic. Um, so they're different audiences. But again, you know, hey, like a fifteen second bump, visit your local comic shop, or hey, hey, if you like these characters, read it in Marvel Adventures mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but yeah, there was a huge disconnect when these movies make billions of dollars, and then the comic only sells. On a good one, 150,000 copies that is number one or 200,000 copies, which is crazy when there's millions of people and millions are spent on movies and TV. Yeah. Um, Star Wars, I would argue, actually could make more of a killing. I mean, the movies only come out, you know, once a year, once every, you know, I mean, the saga films every two years. So, hey, you want to keep watching the adventures of, you know, Luke and Leia and, and Han? Here, read the, you know, uh, Kieran Gill and, uh, and Salaroka's yes. Star Wars. So good. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're right. And, you know, it's and it's weird because I, they're actually the, some of the two, the, the Star Wars books are actually better selling. They keep a lot of their audience mm-hmm. uh, comic-wise. Um, I don't know why that is, um, but you're right. Like, I, there's so much, especially the people who hate um, that how like, all the canon's gone. Mm-hmm. So now, like, the Marvel canon's here, and this is actual now canon for the new movies and right. even though yeah. they take place between episodes four and five and some you know do the newer stuff but it's um you get more of poe or you know you get these mini series there's a new lando series coming out because yeah. of the solo trailer and um they do a lot of cool things and the best part of the star wars books too is that you know some of these books are mini series so you get your five to four to six issues and you're done and that's a lot easier to sell to somebody so hey come in 18 times a year or 18 books a year or whatever yeah. it might be and it's, it's hard to sell sometimes Come by, come by this Lando ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> um, getting back to legacy a little bit, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, getting, you know, getting the discount, buying X number of copies of, mm-hmm. of Legacy Number One. The program on the whole, uh, you know, going beyond Legacy Number One, you know, how do you feel like it's been going over the last five months? I th- honestly, um, it's it's definitely catered uh, to the the people who have complained about the numbers. Um, it, it hasn't been strong. Unfortunately, after Legacy, um, some of their number w- <coughs> excuse me, some of their number ones or their whatever they want to call it, like issue th- number thirteens, where they might have moved to mm-hmm. uh, the newer numbers, and like with them was like one fifty five or yeah, it was kind of all over the map. Yeah, and not all of them were. Uh, Renumbered. Yeah, it was. It was renumbered weirdly. Yeah. Um, for instance, like Cable went to one fifty, but they took out the first two issues of the miniseries, which is silly. Like right. So and technically, <clears throat> there was a Marvel two in one before. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they decided not to do it. That was editorial. That's what uh, David Gabriel said. He came out said editorial said. Now we'll start number one with that for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whatever. Okay, fine. <laughs> whatever. It's not. But the, 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 and that's the thing about there, there's no consistency. Mm-hmm. There, it feels like throwing stuff at the wall and going, "What sticks? What's going to help?" Because this was, I don't believe this was ever about getting new people into Marvel. It's about getting those readers who left to come yeah. back who were upset with Marvel, and it might have helped a little bit. Um, but doing my research on this, um, I went, I took the top, about the top six comics that were. 
um, from Marvel for that Star Wars legacy. Um, out of the six, only two, and these came out in October, these are the mm-hmm. ones that came out in October, come at the end of January, only two were higher than they were before um, the relaunch, which always inflates okay. the number. So, yeah. uh, for example, um, Mighty Thor 700, mm-hmm. uh, it was, they sold 115,000 plus copies um, in for that legacy issue. Yeah. The month before, it was at only about 43.6, 40,600. Okay. So comparing that to that, come January, they were down to 42,116. So that went down. Okay. Um, one that went up was um, Incredible Hulk. That was, you know, actually it did really, it really did help um, uh, the Hulk book for uh, 709. It was 709 mm-hmm. when the, when it came out, it was about 66,000 66, mm-hmm. plus issues or comics sold uh, <clears throat> the month before that it was only about 198 8, when it right as of, as of february it was at tw- almost twenty four thousand. so that was a good story but for the most part mm-hmm. they've gone below what they were before they relaunched with the legacy so look at those numbers unfortunately i can only say it's been a failure unfortunately mm. um, which which stinks because like yeah as as marvel goes the industry goes and that's you know people don't like hearing that sometimes because there's a lot of people who like Image and other companies that don't that I don't think I don't say understand, but because that's I, that's me being presumptuous. But as you if you look at Marvel, Marvel is kind of like the gateway. I don't say drug, but it's a, the gateway drug to Image Comics yeah. or like Boom, who, or who do like did like slice of life type stuff, and or Oni who does Rick and Morty, or Valiant um, Valiant who has their own superhero line. So you get the people hooked in with Marvel and DC, and as they get older, your taste changes. Like, for me, I was always a Marvel person. Then I got to DC a little bit, and now, you know, I really do like Boom Studio stuff. I really enjoy Valiant Comics, you know. So Image Comics have, is something totally different. Yeah. Um, it, and, and they're doing they're doing well. They're almost 10% of the market, which is great for... Yeah, they're the number three publisher. Number three publisher. So it's like, that's the gateway to these other companies. And I and I and and when people say they want Marvel to fail or DC to fail, I think it's really short-sighted of a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, Marvel is in twenty seventeen. Marvel was thirty eight percent of the market. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's more than a third. That's the number one publisher. Yeah, it's yeah they and that's that's <laughs> if, saying something. If Marvel poorly. goes, guys, a lot of other things go with it. <laughs> yeah, that's like I said, saying a lot. If it, these numbers are going down, you know, they, they're get, yeah they're thirty eight percent of but they're thirty eight percent of a, of a smaller market every month. It just yeah, and and that's you know Marvel. Marvel has. A lot of problems right now, and I know they just cleaned some house up top. Yeah, um, I'm, and I'm hoping this fresh start is a way to, like, after they get all this stuff done, they really keep to a plan and see it through. And that's yeah. the only way I really think you can really start seeing numbers that are artificially inflated and that keeps the industry strong. With the inflated numbers are great, but doesn't keep the industry strong. I, I think we need to see some more announcements, and I think we need to, you know, I don't think what we heard this week can be it and you know it's funny in in talking with you know sort of other people on twitter uh you know i remember a month ago a few weeks ago when all the bendit dc started rolling out all the bendis announcements oh you know superman 1000 bendis is going to do that bendis is taking over superman but don't worry we're not totally screwing over dan jurgens and peter tomasi and patrick gleason because we're going to do these supersized specials and scott snyder's taking over justice league and we're doing no justice and it was like hit after hit after hit you know, DC Nation number zero. It's going to be a $0.25 cent, uh, three-story sampler with a Tom King Batman story and a Scott Snyder Justice League and, and a Bendis Superman story with Jorge Luis Garcia Lopez. Yeah. I'm like, you know, 
I'm just like sitting there with the keyboard, like stop, <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> yeah, and it's I, and it keeps the excitement. Like you, they you see they have some sort of plan in place. Yeah, you like it and or the not. Na- and the names to back it up too. Yeah. That's why like the whole New Age of Heroes, like, they're doing. They they have top tier writers, top tier artists. And the best artists the 90s had to offer. That's right. And from what I was <clears throat> reading and, and and listening on the internet, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, they have a plan for, you know, a next wave of these creators who, who they talk about a symbiotic relationship as they talk about the creator. They want to put artists with writers who work well together. And I think it's a really good thing because yeah. with Marvel, it's important. And DC too. It's, yeah, but it, you just get these filling issues. There's so much that comes out. There's no, there's no consistency, and it's always yeah. it's guys who can churn. Yeah, and, and the industry doesn't need that. It really just needs it needs consistency. Yeah. It needs people to be excited for their books, even if it's issue seventeen. You know, hey, they talk they talk to their, again talking about talking to friends word of mouth. That's the best way for this medium to keep going. Besides having some help on from the outside, yeah. but it's um, it needs to be consistent. Yeah, and and yeah, when a writer and an artist play well together. It's those are usually the most beautiful comics. Yeah, you know, look at Mark Wade and Chris Somney. Look at Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Look at Tom King and a lot of yeah. artists. not just Mitch Garrett's man. It's just so many other artists. Yeah, like every artist he's worked with on Batman, Lee Weeks, Michael Jannon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, Mark Wade and Samney have been doing a kicking butt for a couple of years now with Daredevil and Cap. Yeah. And but you're yeah, it's it's there's that there's that symbiosis symbiotic relationship between that writer and that artist. You know, things can't go on forever, but no. have a nice two-year run or whatever, because mm-hmm. you know, just have some, have them tell a complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's sort of been floated is is you know, if Marvel just sort of gave up the ruse of sort of you know burning everything to the ground and starting fresh once a year or once every few months, and just adopted the seasonal approach, like every May. We're just going to, you know, that's the jumping on point. Brand new story. Maybe we change creative teams. Maybe we don't. But, you know, it'll be a new volume. If, they, if there were, like, an, a method to the madness, sort mm-hmm. of an ordered system of recycling, relaunching, yeah. rebooting, you know, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Do you think that would make more sense? It would, or would it just be the exact same thing but more predictable? I, I think... My thought on that is is I, I think that's a part of – I think it can be a part of the answer. I don't think just having people real think – because that's like pretty much then your whole – you don't want to resub your whole line every year. Uh, at least I don't think you do. At least personally, I don't think you do. Cause, mm-hmm. you know, and I, that's why I appreciate when Marvel – the one thing I did like about these Marvel relaunches is that it wasn't always every book. And it still doesn't be every book. No. So, so I do appreciate like they're refreshing. So like it's more like every two years refresh. Like they'll refresh Avengers every two years, X-Men every two years. But there needs to be a, like like a consistent uh, theme, a consistent like this is what we're doing. Hey, yeah. this may Avengers getting getting re, re, rebranded or, yeah. or or refreshed or whatever with brand new. But again, the problem saying brand new creative teams is like you got to have some sort of consistency on your old teams. Yeah, you get to, you got a lot of writers that stay because like, writing is is I guess less intensive sometimes I guess than, than the art can be, mm-hmm. um, and that's why you have different artists. But if you if you're all saying like this is create new creative team, new, 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 it really should feel new, um, and we've I, I think I think what really needs to be done, and part of it I think that's a, a good because a lot of like places like Dark Horse they do, I, and some other companies, 
Uh, even Guy does a little bit. They tell a story, and then they, after that, that's done. So uh, they go to like they'll, they'll relaunch, mm-hmm. um, or they do miniseries format. Um, I'm not saying miniseries format's always gonna work, but it's easier for new readers to come in to be like, hey, like I said earlier, like six issues, you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think both Marvel and DC need to cut down their lines by about twenty bucks or so uh, to keep it fresh and keep so it's easier for also so, you know somebody comes in oh. Let me read Batman. Well, let me show you these eighteen Batman books. You know, I think there should be you know one Batman. It could be a Nightwing or a Robin, but like just there's too much and have these strong characters like Batwoman or Damien is Robin or Nightwing, whoever they could be in a book with somebody else, um, and then maybe possibly like after that they could roll them into a mini series or whatever else. And the one thing I've you know in my head that that would kind of work. I don't know how they would do it, but kind of going back to like you said with the um. If they have just say thirty books, maybe fifteen of those books, they only do they only there's only so many of those books that come out mm-hmm. in a certain period of time. So like Spider Man has a six issue run, you, it goes away for six months, and that's when Iron Man an Iron Man book pops up to kind of keep things fresh and keeps people on like the writers and artists together mm-hmm. on track. So then there'll be a complete story with the complete artist. And another thing too, to make it maybe make it easier, is stop taking don't put numbers on books anymore. Just have if you want a number on a book, you can have it inside, but at the top to say like late September nineteen, whatever else. So that'll kind of get rid of some of that confusion of um uh where do I start type of stuff. Do you think older fans would go for that? No, absolutely not. They wouldn't. <laughs> That's why they brought back the, the like with the new relaunch or whatever the fresh start, they're having the number ones and they're having the the darkened new numbers. So, but I, I think... That, Which is not at all confused. No, not at all. For And, and that's the thing. I'm going to buy Avengers 1 slash 601. They did that a couple years ago with like Iron... There's a couple ones that did that. It was Iron Man, the big number one, but it was yeah. issue 16. It's like, I think FF did it too. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it's... The problem, again, you're, you're, I appreciate you wanting to keep your Wednesday Warriors, and then there's the people who are the crux of your business. They're your backbone, and I get that. But eventually, they're going to die. Die, and like... <laughs> and, the, and, and unfortunately, like, again... The people who complain the most are the loudest. There's a lot of people who love yeah. what Marvel's doing or DC's doing, and or they just they kind of go with it. It's like I'll I'll deal with it. I'll read it. You need the company's going to make it easier for as retailer to sell it, and as somebody who doesn't read comics to come into a store and not be overwhelmed by this huge wall of books. You know, Marvel DC both have like ninety plus books that come out a month. Singles like 40, 40 50 trades a month. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to consume to or try to sell to somebody when somebody comes in and goes. Well, my son likes Batman, or my son likes Spider Man, or my daughter likes Iron Man. It doesn't matter. It's, it's it, there's too much of it. Too. It's not always a good thing to have too much of it. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> it needs to be more. It needs to be a, a strict, a tighter line, and uh, it needs to be very. It needs to be intro friendly for the most part. And I don't. Again, with those rotating or like having every year, like there needs to be a, a pattern to how they're doing this. Yeah. Um, and maybe not double ship so many books. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like, it, it occurred to me, they, when DC announced the new creative team for Nightwing, I was like, oh, cool, all right, the guy from Green Arrow is jumping on Nightwing. Wait, number 44, has Nightwing been double shipping? Why has Nightwing been double shipping? <laughs> yeah. What is the reason for that? <laughs> yeah, no, and the numbers don't show it. I, I it, That's double shipping. I, I know Marvel that likes doing a lot of their books aren't technically double shipping, but they do 18 issues a year where it's yeah. they go like one, one month and then two the next month. That's super confusing, too. Again, hey, your one book comes out once a month and... You know, a new guy comes in and buys one book. He doesn't understand how that works. Why do I have two comics? I can't afford two two comics. Yeah. You know, it, this is expendable money for a lot of people. 
and it's 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 so confusing and just as a retailer like i don't know when books sometimes are coming out like i, I see it i order them but like it then okay so this month avengers is coming out twice a month but it's only one book for iron man and it's it's a lot to try to figure out and, and then try, i was trying to figure out to explain to somebody else yeah yeah it's tough ah <laughs> uh, you know one thing uh getting back you know we, we talked about david gabriel before and and you know, I guess we're coming up on the next Marvel Retailer Summit uh, pretty soon. So yeah, I think it's April. Which, yeah, yeah, end of April. And March, whatever, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A um, lot, a lot of interesting things came out of last year's summit. But you know, without belaboring that, one of the things he said, and, and it's kind of germane to our conversation. Um, David Gabriel was one kind of the sales higher ups at Marvel. Yeah. Uh, you know, said we get better returns on number ones than anything else, which you know, again, yeah. it's something we've talked about. It's absolutely true. But you know that it's harder to incentivize higher number books, but they've had success with upselling books. And what I mean by that is making issues nearly like ten dollars, ten dollars, and like double sizing them. Yeah. Um, Spider Man's coming out the eight hundreds, nine, yeah. ten bucks, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they've done that with Deadpool a couple of times. I think because uh, yeah, it was every other month at one point. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it was way too much. And you know, stuffing them with backup strips. From a reader perspective, that's got to be well. Okay, I'm speaking as a reader right now. But <laughs> that is annoying. It, no, it is. <laughs> and the funny thing about that is, it as for a lot of people who come in who pick up the books on a weekly basis or monthly basis, I say, who collect Deadpool or Spider Man. It doesn't seem to bother. Like they'll they'll be a little annoyed by it, but having one of those books doesn't drop the numbers. Like as a retailer, I've done business long enough for knowing where it's a ten dollar book. I might not order as many for the wall, but I know my amazing Spider Man people are going to buy it. They might complain, Mm -hmm. but they're not going to have a gap in their series. So the numbers don't really fluctuate that much on those types of books. But again, then you're like looking at people who want to come in because they hear something about oh look something big's going to happen in this issue. Ten dollars. That's a that's a lot. For a book, you know, a comic, it was probably 80 pages, and some people can read it pretty quick. Like, I've read comics in less yeah. than five minutes sometimes. Mm-hmm. 80-page book, maybe I can get a half hour out of it, maybe. But that, that's a lot of money for a little bit of time. Um, so, and Marvel has been slowly t- upticking, like, a lot of books. There's at least, I say half, but a good, I'll say at least a third of their books are at least four ninety nine, mm-hmm. And, like, for whatever reason, it's a special issue or a miniseries or whatever yeah. else. And they just keep ticking up, and it's another barrier. It's like... It's not an impulse buy anymore. Like no. people look at a piece of paper, it's twenty pages, maybe twenty four, depending on like how many ads are in there, house yeah. ads. But it's it's not an impulse buy. Like I mean, I, comics reading on the whole is an active habit. It's not, you know, it, it's it's not sitting down on the couch and just watching whatever's on the TV. You're paying a la carte. Yes, exactly. And and spending that kind of money, you bring it out every year. You know, that's I. I I don't have the math in front of me, but I know it, it can be worth... It's a lot of money for a small amount of, I guess, I don't want to say story, but you don't get much back in terms of, like, in the sense of, like, what the the actual feel of it. Like, yeah. even with even back in the day when there was more ads, it just felt better in your hand, too. But there were, I think, $2, 3 or 3 $4 still, but there were still ads in there, so it felt like you're getting more to <clears throat> these, these issues. Now it's the house ads and almost nothing else, more or less. It's just... A little thin, and not to belabor anything about Marvel again, but uh, their paper quality kind of stinks, um, especially the covers. They just they're the same paper they use on the inside. And I think they really need to change that um, with a better quality of paper on the front. But I digress on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but having that filling a book that's five dollars has these flimsy paper on the front or whatever too is it's a kind of turnoff. Um, 
and it's again it's they're not catering to anybody but themselves to the marvel readers the dc readers to whatever readers um so, and this with all companies for the most part i think <clears throat> some of these companies do better than others um i think boom is doing a really good job of trying to go outside the normal box of things that's definitely yeah um, absolutely i think valiant's good i know they've been doing and there's a big uh, you know upheaval there so much what's happening with them anytime soon so um, far it's just the uh publisher movie. yeah yeah dinesh right i think yeah, yeah. Dinesh. um but it's it's not there's no stability to 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 the books it's just it's up and down up and down that's number one's great mm-hmm. it comes but almost almost <clears throat> issue two is always i would say 99 99.9 percent of the time issue two is already half retailers order half what number ones are so it's yeah it's great that that these books numbers are doing well but it's not real well it's not it's not legit it's people coming since it's a number one buying it yeah never see them again and you know you do get some returns on that you know if you're a good shop or you're not even a bad shop you you get those returns people come in but number ones are supposed to get people hooked in and come back um it doesn't really work that way unfortunately for the most part which is again i don't understand why it doesn't cause like for me like makes my addictive personality i don't know i gotta <laughs> have it but um People don't always come back, or if they do come back, issue since we since we just say like just said we cut like half the order might be sold out. Yeah, because I don't know, and then and the reality of it is, last time issue twos, we sit on them, and like, I try to make sure it's enough. The first like two or three, I try to you know keep it higher than I order. Um, that's another problem too. Having those issue twos, critical to reach peak customers. If you don't have it, you lost somebody probably. Who might go to, to another shop if they're close to another shop, or they'll read their their movies or legally download them through whatever, or buy them through legally through Comicology or Humble Bundles or wherever else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that issue too is super critical. Um, onto onto maybe a little bit more <laughs> pleasant of a topic. Uh, you know, what what are you reading right now? Oh and it boy! Doesn't, it doesn't, we can get off. We can yeah. get away from Marvel if, if you like, but you know. <laughs> I mean, right now, like I talked about earlier, I, I've been loving Thor. Thor has been awesome. Like I just can't say how great Jason Aaron's run on Thor has been. That's I could gush about it forever. If you're gonna be a Marvel comic, it's, re- read Thor. <laughs> it's up there. It, he, him, and Russell Dodderman are definitely up there with like Simonson and, and Kirby. Yeah. At this point, uh, without a doubt. I mean, that's probably my one of my favorite Marvel books out right now. I'm reading Star Wars because it's Star Wars. Yeah. I cut back on the other ones, like the other ancillary ones but I love the I love the Star Wars book um DC wise I'm, I'm reading I'm really enjoying um <clears throat> Scooby Apocalypse <laughs> just I, I just it's just a fun concept that's like it's gone on for a little long but like I'm still enjoying like <laughs> what this book is and it it's it's fun it's what a comic should be it's 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 all heavy handed in some parts but it's it's cool and it's a little something different um did you did you see DC's announcement for the May, May issue Number twenty five? No, no, I missed that. I'm not going to spoil it, guys. But uh, I have to check that out. Yeah, <laughs> no, I did not go, see that. Go look it up if you're curious. <laughs> I'm so so behind on that. Uh, I read almost everything Valiant, which I think it's quality. Like mm-hmm. their books were so well written and so like everything built on each other. Even when they relaunched the number one, it builds on what has happened the past year, the past two years, whatever how long it's been. It's and it's even though it's a not a new number one, it still feels like you get into it real easy because again they have a recap page that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so I get with that and boom. I, I honestly like uh, my employee Becca loves boom 
to know and like and personally I liked God Shaper that that was fantastic yes um that was really well done I'm, I'm loving Power Rangers I'm excited for the new the crossover whatever I'll call it Shattered Grid Shattered yeah. Grid that's gonna be good um an image I'm really really enjoying uh spread you know it's just about done um it's basically Walking Dead but it's like a weird like virus thing that became sentient sort of kind of type okay. of thing okay okay really really cool well done and um of course Walking Dead Walking Dead is like the one exception to the rule where, like, almost every month it goes up, like, readership. It's just because it's, it's so good. It has... And again, I don't know why... I don't, I've never really... I haven't watched Walking Dead on TV, but do they... I don't even know if they talk about the comics on the show or before the show, but people really come in, like, all the time. Where, where can I... I watch Walking Dead. Where can I start? And it's like... So, again, I don't understand why that's different than Marvel DC comics. Or it's like... Walking Dead does it so well where like, people just come in. I saw at least five to ten copies of volume one a month at least i mean you could make the case that i mean it's not a universe it's just that's one true. book i yeah. mean it's a book that's been going on for quite a while now what are they up to like 175 I think something they like just that put yeah out. 176 yeah you know but you can buy those nice thick uh compendiums yeah for good price you know uh, you know there's <clears> one <throat> entry point yeah that's true honestly you you, you are probably right. it's, it's the beginning of everything that does make sense i didn't really think about it that way that makes a lot of sense where it's like you start. There's nothing before well, number one. It's this is it. This is where you start. Where like yeah, these number one. This, there's had been things built before that for seventy five, sixty, fifty years, whatever long it's been. Um, what else am I reading that I really like? I mean, I just read too much. That's, that's my biggest problem. Because <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, I read Walking Dead when that's one of the books I read whenever it comes out mm-hmm. um, immediately. Um, oh boy. I'm drawing a blank, but uh, I mean, as far as it sounds like, I'm not reading Batman, even though I should be. I know it's fantastic, but I I, I dropped it at one point because I didn't like the one run, and, and then I was I, I'm kicking myself. Oh yeah, Mister Miracle, stupid. Yeah, Mister Miracle's been fantastic. Like I'm finally caught up on that more or less. That's been excellent. Like it's such a meta comic book. It's, yeah, it's not for everybody, and I understand that, but it's it's fantastic. <laughs> I, that's that was my I mean it still is my favorite book but it was my favorite book of last year yeah uh, you know and um, this past week uh, I think my favorite thing that I picked up was uh, the uh, sniffle the left final issue of generation X oh yeah it was the last yeah issue. I, you know I know I know it didn't do that that well but I, I like the X line having a young mutants in training book yeah you know and I liked that Jubilee was kind of the the head of it all. And I liked what they did with her in the last issue, which again I'm not going to spoil, but it's something that you've probably been waiting for for about eight years yeah. now. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, you, you, and that's the thing about Marvel. Like, they talk about legacy, but what what does that mean like to them? Like to me, like legacy talks about like their their younger the younger characters, um, building to like doesn't have to be like doesn't have to be a protege per se. But like you know, you want to see like Jubilee or uh, Armor or I think that's her name, Armor. Um, yeah. Uh, Magic. You know, she's a little bit in a little in the older guard. But like these characters, yeah. um, to become the next phase of the X Men groups, or or you know, have them you know be bumped up to the big leagues as they call it or whatever to, the, to a regular X Men book. Yeah. Um, but now the the main X team titles are all basically the old folks at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, Kitty and Jean and, and old man Logan, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Grandpa. You know, there is a new mutant series or miniseries coming out next month, but it's Richter, Wolfsbane, yep. Magic, 
strong guy, which, by the way, I am here for the strong guy renaissance. I, I agree. FYI. Just never call him by his real name, because that's awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stereotype. <laughs> um, Karma, and I think I'm forgetting who else, but these are all characters who've been around for 30 plus years. They're not the New Mutants anymore. Yeah, and they're not even like, and some of them weren't even part of the New Mutants team. They were X-Factor or, yeah. actually mostly X-Factor, I think, actually. No, they were, well, I because yeah, everybody str- but Strong Guy had been on the, Boom Boom, that's who I forgot. Okay, yeah, she, They'd X-Force. been on the New Mutants <laughs> at some point. Okay. Yeah. Because was Boom Boom in the newest run of New Mutants? Like, not the newest, but like early 2000s maybe it was, or I forget. There was like a weird run of New Mutants, like that was, during Decimation, I think it was New Mutants, or I think in... Oh, okay, where it was like a young... That, yeah, yeah. That was like another young team? Yeah, or... I forget who was on that team. That's like that's when I kind of yeah. jumped out of comics for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, they're not the new... Like, like that book is primed for like these no-name or new characters. They're called the new... Like, why not? It's, it's, it's yeah. in the name. Like, have these new characters show up, or like little known characters, or little used characters, like... Um, I don't want to use this. Uh, this popped my head. You know, it's not that good character, Maggot. Like, mm-hmm. he was a really awful character, but like, he's a he was only around for like a year. There's a weird thirst online for Maggot. Like, really? Maggot has fans. Really? And, like, I'm saying, I like came up during that you know Siegel Kelly era, or you know, I was reading X Men at the time. I don't get it. No. Like, I'm excited that Blink's coming back in Exiles, which is awesome. Yeah. Oh, uh, Solid and Ahmed uh, Exiles sounds. Phenomenal. Yeah, because it has like a little little uh, cartoon Wolverine, whatever his name, what his name was. That is not the selling point. But, but no, but... Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's Blink, it's... Uh, um, I'm drawing a blank, but... Yeah, I, Iron Lad, I think, is in it. Oh, yeah, it's right, the future... Uh, a Peggy Carter, who is Captain America. That's right. And uh, a Tessa Thompson-inspired Valkyrie. That's right, that's right, that's right, yeah, that's right yeah. going into... But yeah, I, I'm excited for that book. Like, yeah. I know I might be the minority, but... I, I think it's a cool concept. I'm hoping Marvel gives it time to breathe. Um, and that's what I'm hoping for. Give it, yeah. give, give it time to breathe. I mean, uh, Black Bolt, they gave 12 issues. They You know? And, yeah. and there were 12 spectacular issues. That's what I'm excited about the Quicksilver. that He's writing Quicksilver, that six-issue, five-issue miniseries they solicited this month. That one didn't That one didn't hit me. I Is there a market for that? I don't think so, but I, I might read just because I've heard such good word about that Black Bolt and what he's done in he's also writing Abbott from Boom I believe Abbott is phenomenal so I, I, like the same thing like with me for um, like this is not me knocking Solid in a Met at all yeah. he's fantastic <laughs> I just don't like I've never been a Quicksilver fan no, except for enough. you know like Peter David stories obviously yeah yeah <laughs> no I agree he's not he's one of those characters they've always tried to do something with they had a short lived like 90s run um, they did that weird thing in uh, you know the Ultimate Universe where he was incestuous with his with his sister, which was really strange. Um, <laughs> there was a similar story in Thunderbolts where it was um, the Fenris twins, but the sister was dead and the swordsman had her skin on the hilt of his hand. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. That was weird. That was gross. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this thing <laughs> about Quicksilver is because I don't really know who's clamoring for it. Um, uh, or, like, what if it's a large population. I'm sure it's yeah. people who like. Quicksilver, don't get me wrong. I'm sorry yeah. to offend anybody, <laughs> but I'm willing to give the first, like, at least read it. Like, I might not collect it, or but like, mm-hmm. I'm willing to give a check. So, how much I've heard about how great Abbott was and how great yeah. Black Bolt is and was, should I say, was yeah, yeah. It, it it's well, it hasn't ended yet, but okay. it is ending. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, he confirmed that. <laughs> but uh, Greg, I really appreciate you coming on and giving us your perspective on things. Uh, where can people find your store uh, online? Uh, we're at either shoplevelup.com or levelupentertainment.com. 
And uh, we're coming up soon. Just a little plug. Free comic book days coming up. Uh, Woo! Saturday, May 5th. Uh, Dan's going to be there, I believe. I'll doing, be there. Doing something really cool. Uh, we'll announce that soon. Um, but we have, really, we have a really good time there. We're, we're trying to just hang out, have a good time, talk about comics, talk about lots of other things, and just, you know, hang out. You know, hope to see you guys there. That's it for this week's show. As always, you can follow at Daniel P. Grote on Twitter. And for more comics news, previews, reviews, interviews, and plain old views, check out WMQComics.com and the WMQ Facebook and Twitter pages. We'll see you next week when we'll be talking to writer Magdalene Visaggio about her new DC series, Eternity Girl.